Just what is it that you want to do? I'm gonna get deep down, deep down, I said. I'm gonna get deep down, deep down. Woo, hey! What is it that you want to do? We want to get loaded, and we want to have a good time. Somewhere, 
And another song from a band that I'm featuring today on the show, The Turn-Ons with New Jesus. Somebody made me before Emmett Rhodes, the artist there. And our other feature of the day, Primal Scream, with the Andy Weatherall mix of Loaded. We started off with Strange from Celeste. Now, I like to chide artists who write particularly bad lyrics. So I've got to spend time complimenting the lyrics when they're great. Leonard Cohen before with Tower of Song. and Celeste there with, this is so good, isn't it strange how people can change from strangers to friends, friends into lovers, and strangers again. If you remember Ted Lasso, that song was used incredibly effectively in that song. I mean, in the in that show. Season three, Ted Lasso, come on now. We need you. In the pantheon of bad lyrics, I don't think this is nowhere near Thunder Only Happens When It's Raining, but I heard the Bob Seger song. Old-time rock and roll, it starts off. Take those old records off the shelf. I'll sit and listen to them by myself. Well, either Bob Seger is a very bad friend because he's saying, hey, go take those old records off the shelf. I'm going to go listen to them by myself. Or it's just lyrically nonsensical. I'm sorry, I just, I can't ignore these things. I'd like to say, hey, just let it go. It's a terrible song you never want to hear again. But for the first time, after hearing the song a thousand times, I realized just how bad it was. Go take those old records off the shelf. I'll sit and listen to them by myself. Dan O'Connell here for another 20 minutes. Back on Monday at 10. We'll switch things up with some Pharaoh Sanders.
the river Beach to see And in this sticky heat I feel you Open up to me Out of nowhere, baby, just like a hurricane, and it feels like rain, and it feels like rain. Line here underneath the stars, right next to you. Wondering who you are and how do you do? How do you do, baby? Clouds rolling across the moon, and the wind howling out your name, and it feels like rain.
George Harrison, of course. From the album Dark Horse. Oh, excuse me, that was not from Dark Horse. That was from Living in the Material World. Don't let me wait too long. But a guy with help from Bonnie Raitt before that feels like rain, the John Hyde song. And Pharaoh Sanders and his quartet with Last at the End of the World. Pharaoh, the great tenor sax player. Time for one more. Dan O'Connell, I've been here for two hours sitting in for Doug. It's been my pleasure. Hope you enjoy the music. Come back on Monday at 10. Robert Fripp and Brian Eno bring in the mood behind me for another minute. before David Bowie closes the show. Have a good night. From the forest is next. Stay tuned. Sometimes 
is supported by you and the following underwriters. The Slider Agency on Main Street in Margaretville, a neighborhood independent insurance agency educating consumers about the hazards related to uninsured drivers and about insurance coverage options. Open Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 5. More information at 845-586-2641 or sliderag.com. Home Goods of Margaretville, corner of Main and Bridge Streets in Margaretville, New York. Now carrying spices, flour, jams, mustards, coffee and tea, organic vegetables and fruits, and local eggs, milk, cheese, and baked goods. And of course, cooking basics and tools of the trade for everyone at home. Home Goods of Margaretville. Open every day. 845-586-4177 or hgom.net. 1053 Main Street Gallery in Fleischmann's. Designed as a space to support a vibrant and active artistic community nestled within the Catskill Mountains. Presenting Motel, a mixed media installation of politically inspired work by artist Dan Herlin based on a puppet play about a young woman coming to the U.S. for the first time. Opening reception Saturday, August 6th from 3 to 6. More info about 1053 Main Street Gallery and Fleischmann's and upcoming exhibitions at 1053MainGallery.com. Hi, I'm Don Matheson, host of Vantage Point, heard every other Friday at 1 o'clock here on WIOX Roxbury. Live and local in the Catskill Mountains at 91.3 FM and MTC Cable Channel 20 and everywhere at WIOXRadio.org.
You're listening to WIOX Community Radio, live and local in the Catskill Mountains at 91.3 FM, MTC Cable TV Channel 20 on the campus of SUNY Delhi at 107.5 FM worldwide at WIOXradio.org and on any mobile device FM radio app. This is From the Forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. Talk about a different forest-related topic with Ryan and John. John's out tonight, but we have uh, the president of the Catskill Forest Association here in the studio, Mike Porter. Mike, how's it going? Real good. Good. I'm always happy to be here. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. No problem. I look forward to it. Yeah, we got to get updated once in a while, see what you're doing in your life. I've been hiding for two months. Yeah, where'd you go? I... Becky and I went out west. This is one of those, uh, been three years in the making. First two years, it was going to be Alaska. And with COVID, we couldn't get across Canada. This year, with the cost of fuel, I didn't want to go across Canada. Right. So we just did the west. Yeah. Yep. Glad to be back. Yeah, it's nice to be back. Yeah. yeah. I You know, I always enjoy coming back into the Catskills and seeing trees to the tops of the mountains. And, uh, yeah. It's kind of a different thing, not seeing trees when you go west, you it know? It is. Yeah. Actually, I, you know, being as, as long as we were away this year, when we came back, actually when we hit Upper Peninsula of Michigan, I said, do you feel like everything is so lush? I said that to I asked Becky, and she says, it does seem lush. Huh. We've been in the desert for a month. All right, yeah, sure. And Jed is one time, my son said one time, you know, we we feel claustrophobic back when the trees are right up to the road. I mean, he grew up in Delaware County. Has he transitioned to that? Yeah, he's definitely a Westerner. Now, yeah, he feels claustrophobic now? Yeah. 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 uh, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. And I'd, I'd never felt it that way before, but this trip, being so much in... In the dry areas, it was really obvious. Right. I couldn't believe that. I just can't take the dry. I went out there years ago in 2000 to go to school yeah. at Boulder, Colorado, and uh, it was just so dry. Yeah. I couldn't take it. it it's yeah, Actually, I'm old enough now that the dry air sometimes makes my body feel better. <laughs> my knees felt better. I, yeah. I just felt a little better because it was dry. Things don't rot. Everything looks new. No. Some things were new. A lot of things were new when I was in Colorado. Everything was being built. But they just don't deteriorate. No, they don't. You it's, know? it's just there's no rot season. Everything no in New moisture. York deteriorates. See, the yeah. humidity, the changing yeah. seasons, yeah. the salt. Yeah. We did <laughs> but, hit rain, and we, we were a week. Um, and and the, we went into Yellowstone. i got to get this straight. We went into Yellowstone, and basically it was a, a transition from one side to the other we stayed all night at canyon campground we get up in there and the snow was up to the top of the picnic tables where we camped well turn on the heat night um that was there was a lot of snow in the high elevations and uh, we left there and went to jed's and that's he your wasn't, son yeah yeah he, he wasn't home yet so we mowed his lawn and did a few things around the house and then we left again but the following Sunday, or Monday rather, we were back at Jed's, and all hell broke loose with the rain. Huh. And that was the week that Yellowstone had their bad flooding, so we missed that by a week. And it was it was devastating for the park. Uh, they they did open again, but I don't know how 
they must have had miracle workers or something. Yeah. How's the grass grow there? Uh, <laughs> when you it, mow it. Well, when I mowed, I first had the weed whack. It was so tall. They've oh, had right. a lot of rain. There were no fires. One of the things that I that I figured I was going to say, we didn't smell smoke. Hmm. And uh, last year, they had smoke all the time. You couldn't see the Tetons from their house, which is just a few miles away. Hmm. So it was very different. Well, that's what we're talking about tonight on From the Forest is Mike's trip across the United States. So uh, if you haven't heard Mike on before, he is the president of the Catskill Forest Association. And you were born and raised in Roxbury, yep. where our studio is here right. in Delaware Just County. Up, I was raised up around the corner from here. Cool. Yeah, and my dad had a hotel up in the square no until kidding. 1964. How long? How long did that run for? It ran until 64. No, I mean, when did it start? It was the oldest inn in Delaware County, so I don't know. It Prohibition. <laughs> no, earlier in the 1800s. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was a big three-story hotel right at the end of the street. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And that's where I started making my allowance. Right. Cleaning up the bar and shoveling the snow. <laughs> yeah. Every day. No know. kidding. Yeah. So why a cross-country trip? Um, what what inspires you to travel across? This isn't your first time. No. We've been across several times. In 91, we took the kids and spent the whole summer on the way to and in Alaska. And... um we wanted to go back after we got done. Uh, my son goes back every year. He's He guides up there, and this year he actually succeeded in climbing Denali, which he'd skied off 1% of the – I'm going to tout him a little bit here because I'm pretty proud. Because he's a guide, right? He's That's guide. what he does yep. for a living? Yep. yep. And 1% of the people who get to the top ski off. What does that mean? They carry exactly. the skis right to the top of the mountain. And skied off. <laughs> really? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. How do you do that? Carefully. Yeah. Because it's steep. A couple times they had to rope up to ski down. And they did some, uh, like, dry runs. When, when you go up, you have to acclimatize. So they spent several days at a campsite. And uh, they would, the day that they were acclimatizing, they would climb and ski with no baggage. Wow. When they did the final ascent, they skied back to the to the high camp, which I think is 17,000 feet, without much stuff. Then from there, they had to take their gear out. What is that, like 14,000 feet or so, or plus or minus? It's uh, 20,000 feet oh, wow. at the top. No kidding. Yeah. And he said, and I learned a lot talking to him, because he said, it doesn't snow there after December. It's too cold on yeah. the top of the mountain. So they had a lot of ice. And he said it was uh, it was a little sketchy skiing down, but we did it. <laughs> yeah, um, but it, yeah, that was and that's a that's a big feather in his cap because he can now be a lead guide for anybody on that mountain. Now uh, you did it by manual transportation, didn't you once? Oh, across I, the country? from cross country, yeah. Sixteen years ago, I rode my bike across. I just got done with cancer treatments and. The kids had done a few trips, and I'd ridden with them some, and I kind of liked traveling on a bicycle. So I asked Becky if I could do it, and she says, sure. I did ask her. I didn't tell her. I oh, asked yeah. her. She says, yeah, I think that'd be a good idea. So two months out from my last cancer treatment, I flew to Seattle, 
went north, got a friend who lives out there, a former student. His wife took us up to Anacortes, Washington. We dipped our wheels in the mud instead of the ocean because it was raining so hard. <laughs> and we headed east. Three yeah. months later, I came back to Margaretville. No kidding. Yeah. And I, the, one of the underlying reasons of doing what we did on this trip was that the 21 of the first 28 days it rained. We were so wet. Just every day, you know, your feet are wet, your clothes are wet. You got to find laundry mats just to dry out to sleep. Yeah. Um, but because of the fact that it rained so much, I never saw a mountaintop. And the North Cascades are absolutely incredible. Uh, we didn't see any of the mountains in Glacier. <laughs> really? Yeah, we went up as far as we could. The road was still closed, so we went as far as we could on the bikes and never saw a mountaintop. So I wanted to go back and see the mountains. Uh, I was not disappointed. Oh, yeah. North Cascades is absolutely incredible. How so? Just beautiful mountains. Yeah. I like drove I drove through. The only thing I knew was that I was in a coniferous forest because I could smell it. Couldn't see much, but it's just incredible. And as I'm driving up the mountains, and it, the, the rule of thumb with a bicycle is you go as far in a day as you go in an hour in a car. So we would climb... We had five passes in the first six days, and I would climb five hours to get to the top, change clothes because it was winter up there, and then come down in one hour. Yeah. So it was, and with the car, it was, it was much easier, obviously, but just incredible. I That was the biggest thing, except for seeing our granddaughter. We have a new granddaughter. Um, but that going through that trip was amazing. Um, size of trees and stuff, and it had pretty dense out there in Washington State, or in the western part of Washington. Before yeah. you go over the Cascades, it's very wet, and uh, we camped in Colonial Campground at Diablo Lake, and the campground where we were. We just backed into a spot, and it was it was full. We found a spot, and the trees around were huge. Yeah. And I looked at Becky and says, if I lived here, I'd have to get a bigger sawmill. <laughs> yeah. Did you see anyone cutting trees? No. Doing tree work or no, anything? No, I didn't. Actually, one of the roads in Idaho, they were I think they were going to widen it, and they had feller bunchers there working. Yeah. I didn't see them actually working, but I saw the results of them. And lots of loads of logs. Yeah, western cutting is just completely different. Uh, loggers and stuff, they do a different notch. Yeah. You know, what is it called? The Humboldt, I think. But um, yeah, we do an open face notch for the mm -hmm. most part here. But, yeah, they just they cut completely different. I watched them, at, was it Axemen on, on show? Yeah. And it's just, like, totally different. Yeah. I didn't, I, we weren't long enough in the mountains to see anybody working. But um, it's still incredible. And the trees were beautiful. Yeah, we were on Puget Sound. We spent a day out on one of the ferries, just going island to island, and the trees are incredible there. They're not as big as out on the Olympic Peninsula or the redwoods, but you're talking about four and five foot diameter cedar and hemlock and ponderosa pine and Doug fir and just 
beautiful trees. What about the height? They're big. Yeah, well over 150 oh, feet. Or? Yeah, easy. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you can climb here any tree by just using a prussic knot. You know, advancing yeah. your knot. But there, you you kind of need something mechanical. Yeah. I mean, you get to 200 feet, you're going to be gassed. You know? Yeah, and a lot of that stuff is at high elevation too. Yeah. So you're dealing with thinner air. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to From the Forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. Talk about a different forest-related topic. And tonight we're talking about Mike's trip across the United States. Big John. Big John. Every morning at the mine you could see him arrive. He stood six foot six and weighed 245. Kind of broad at the shoulder and narrow at the hip. And everybody knew you didn't give no lip to Big John. Big John, Big John, Big Bad John, Big John. Nobody seemed to know where John called home. He just drifted into town and stayed all alone. Didn't say much, kind of quiet and shy, but if he spoke at all, he just said hi to Big John. Somebody said he came from New Orleans Where he got in a fight over a Cajun queen And a crashing blow from a huge right hand Sent a Louisiana fella to the promised land Big John Big John Big John Big Bad John came the day at the bottom of the mine when a timber cracked and men started crying. Miners were praying and hearts beat fast. Everybody thought that they'd breathe the last except John. Through the dust and the smoke of this man-made hell walked a giant of a man that the miners knew well. Grabbed a sagging timber, gave out with a groan and like a giant oak tree just stood there alone with Big John. Big John Big John, Big Bad John, Big John. With all his strength, he gave a mighty shove. Then a miner yelled out, there's a light up above. And 20 men scrambled from a would-be grave. Now there's only one left down there to save Big John. With jacks and timbers, they started back down. Then came that rumble down on the ground and the smoke and gas belched out of that mine everybody knew it was the end of the line for Big John Big John Big John Big Bad John Big John Now they never reopened that worthless pit they just placed a marble stand in front of it these few words are written on that stand at the bottom of this mine lies a big, big man, Big John. Big John, Big John, Big Bad John, Big John. All right, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to From the Forest. Is that Big John? I can't remember who sings that. Damn. Dean something. Okay, well. Yeah, I can't remember either. <laughs> well, anyway, we're talking about Mike's trip across the United States. So, Mike, where do you want to start or um, finish? Well, we already established that we did this trip because we couldn't 
go to Alaska. Um, fuel prices were prohibitive, but I said, we're going. So um, we I have a 2001 Ford pickup and a 2001 slide-in camper, and uh, we headed out and plotted a course out west. Um, we did like 300 miles max a day. Uh, and Becky puts it this way. She says, well, Mike likes to go, and I like to stop. Right. So I basically put on the brakes. We, we stopped pretty much at 3 o'clock. She said, let's stop now. Yeah. And on, while we were going, she f- researched campgrounds. I did a lot of research early. We used Passport America for our campground membership, and I'd done a lot of research along our proposed route and found some campgrounds where you save 50%. We stayed in a lot of state parks, and uh, when we got out west, we did some national stuff. I got the old geezer card that saves you. It gives you a free entry and 50% off camping. Yeah. Um, I got it back when it was 10 bucks, And after this trip, Becky put it in safe in a safe place for the next one because if you lose it, you got to buy the new one at eighty bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so three o'clock in the summertime, you still got a lot of daylight yeah, left. Yeah, yeah. So what'd you do with uh, your? Five I did a hours? lot of a lot of watching water go by. We picked a lot of places on the water. Um, notably, our first night was on Eastern Lake Erie. We'd stayed at um, Lake Erie State Park in New York. And it's right on the water. Next night, we visited Cousins in Cleveland and then stayed at East Harbor State Park near Sandusky. That was a really beautiful place. The, the lake was a little choppier there. I think it must be deeper. And then we went from there to uh, Lake Michigan, and Becky wanted to see a sunset on Lake Michigan. We saw sunsets on Lake Erie, so we did a night there in a state park. Yeah, and rode our bikes to the beach to see what was up, and then from there we got in away from the beach. We stayed in uh, Minnesota, and we pull into this campground in Minnesota, and I said, "This looks familiar," and it was a Passport America campground, and it was twenty bucks. So wow, really nice twenty place. bucks. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, I had electric, so we could plug in if we had to it was really hot that day and when we got there the woman said yeah i've got spaces because there's tornado warnings for tonight and everybody left (laughs) so you have a truck camper yeah 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 yeah. so we pull into this spot that probably is built for a a big rig pulling a car or something yeah and the storm came but it was a tornado somewhere else that didn't hit us. It was pretty windy and pretty rainy. I mean, are there are a lot of people um, recreating with, with RVs and truck campers. Yeah, you notice? there are. Uh, yeah. In the east, it wasn't quite as much because it was still school time in the east. So we didn't see as many campers. And I, I remarked a couple times on the road. We did some interstate, and there were uh, lots of trucks, but not many campers. When we got to South Dakota, though, it was summertime for the kids out there. There are people everywhere. Is um, that right? Yeah, we, we had mm. saw campers. And my 01 truck and 01 camper that cost me, I'll tell you, $20,000 total 13 years ago. Yeah. Or 2013. Right. 
we didn't even see a truck hardly that was worth that little, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. The, and the campers are hundred to three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I noticed the same thing when I went down south. Everyone's got a brand new truck. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and diesel. They're not cheap. No, they're not. Down south, it's kind of weird because you're like, where are you going? Yeah. It's flat as a pancake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you have four wheel drives. I, yeah. I was on I ninety five, and I'm like, heck are these people doing? Yeah. You need four-wheel drive. Yeah. One of the things that you learn to look for when you're on the road is the uh, Sea America or uh, rental, RV rental. And you kind of watch them with a little trepidation because people that get those a lot of times don't know how to drive. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's like a bus. Yeah. You got to know what you're doing. You do, yeah. We were in a campground in Levining, um California a few years ago. Jed lived in down near Yosemite, so we were there. Yeah. And uh we're in this campsite. It's a really nice spot. You know, looks out over Mono Lake. It was cool. And this guy comes in right into our the site next to us, and his wife gets out and stands back behind him in the mirrors. I'm on the radio, right? So he's going like this, turning her fingers to tell him which way to turn the wheel to back the camper oh, no. in. Yeah. Yeah, and he didn't know what he's doing, but yeah. yeah. So, but we saw very few of those on this trip. We saw a lot of expensive RVs. Right. I, yeah, I, that's what I've noticed the last two years is um, people are spending money. Yep. There is no they doubt are, about yep. it. Um, I don't know if it's because of the of the um, you know two years being inside more mm-hmm. and they had more money. I have no idea, but people are definitely There's spending de- money. Definitely money to be spent somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, we went to uh, Devil's Tower, which I'd never been to and wanted to go. It was incredible, and we got a site, right, a campsite, ten dollars to get in or to, to was free to get in because of the geezer pass. It was yeah. twenty dollars to camp, but we got. They said, "Oh, it's ten bucks," so we pulled into this campground and we found a spot we could sit right outside the camper and look at Devil's Tower right in front of us. Jesus. And everybody in this campground was the same way. So people were out all over. It was really cool. We met really neat people. And yes. you go to a, huh. we went to Coeur d'Alene in uh, Idaho and stayed in an RV park in the city. And everybody had the big RVs and they're not out. They're watching television and the air conditioning. Yeah. And it's just, it depends on where you are, right. the people you see. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was uh it was a big difference. Yeah, it's like ten bucks at least just to park at Minnewaska ten years ago. Yeah. State park. Yeah. You know? State parks are expensive. Huh. We we paid um thirty, thirty five bucks. 'Cause you gotta if you're out of state you gotta pay a an out of state service fee. Yeah. And uh, we didn't stay anywhere long enough any state long enough to buy a year pass. You know, anecdotally I feel like the recreation numbers are through the roof right now, and yeah. um, I was drive. I've been driving through Peekamoose a lot lately, and the Blue Hole. Yeah, it is amazing, Mike. How many, how many people are going to that swimming hole? Yeah, and there's in still Sunday. And it's permitted now, right? You have to you have to pre-register yeah. over yeah. there. Yeah. But it's and uh, Catskill Center, I think, has the RFP, the contract with the state to administer the the permits. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I got thinking that I hit. Being a ranger at the perfect time. So your son, too. Yeah. He was in that era. 
Um, from the mid-90s, this is totally like anecdotal. I don't have any statistics on this. But I feel like when I was in the woods in the early 2000s as a ranger, so 2004 and five, all the sign was from the 70s and 80s. Campsites in the middle of the woods. Yeah. You can tell by the beer cans. All from the 70s and yeah. 80s, there was a lot of rugged hunters going up in those mountains and camping. Yeah. Or old-timers like maybe Buddy Eckert or something like that, right? Um, people like that. And then it kind of fizzled out in the mid or late 90s, and it was dead until, like, 2010 or so, 2012. I tell you what, people are back out. Yeah, they I'm are. I'm not saying that they're camping as much, or they probably are, but it's crazy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and there's a lot of people in trailheads. I mean, I was in Kelly Hollow yesterday. It was full. Wow. It was Tuesday. Wow. Yeah, that is amazing. I went up over uh, the top of Millbrook. Monday, and uh, I, there was two cars at the parking lot for the, the trailhead for the Balsam Lake. Yeah, and it was not a nice day. It was forty-five or fifty up there. Yeah, but there's always people out. It's great. When I was a ranger on Slide, right, the highest mountain in the Catskills. It's it's one of the higher used areas. That and Overlook Mountain in Woodstock yeah. were probably the most used in Giant Ledge. By 4 or 5 o'clock, the mountain was empty. Yeah. yeah I mean, the only, it was just me and the snowshoe hares. Yeah. That's um, pretty cool, too. I, those days are over right yeah. now. Yeah. They, they'll, you know, things ebb and flow. I'm sure it'll go back down. But right now, it's definitely a high period for yeah. sure. There's a lot of usage, and I don't blame people. I mean, no. they want to get outside. And, and it's easy know. to, you know, with the, the whole COVID thing, you can social distance outside, and it's safe. And I think I do think people... Are doing that more. I I did an awful lot of wood wood time woods time during COVID. Yeah, I cut firewood every day. Becky says, "Are we ever going to get done?" I says, "Only when we're done." <laughs> uh, right. And uh, then this year, I I got John to cut my trees down. I just didn't want to mess with cutting the trees down. So he cut yeah. trees for this winter, and I all spring I said we're going to have them done before we go away. So I blocked up logs and stacked them and then i'd bring them out with my tractor and get them split so we spent a lot of time in the woods this year too so what did you notice culturally when you went west um to compare to the catskills because i feel like the newer demographic coming in is you know kind of reclaiming their property a lot of people a lot of our members we go to for the catskill forest association like for example there's a lot of ash and white pine if i had to generalize near people's homes that people yeah. didn't cut for 30 years yeah and now they move up and they're like all right you know we need we want more sunlight we want to grow a garden whatnot do you notice anything like more landscaping going out there or, or you couldn't tell from the interstates and uh, stuff well we weren't on the interstates all the time right. but when we weren't on the interstates we were in the desert yeah well that's and yeah. that i mean that's a totally different yeah. ball of wax but um didn't see an awful lot of land management going on. Huh. Uh, not not the way landscaping or anything? No, or? not no, really. Huh? Wow. Well, there's only so much that'll grow. And um, I know in, in Driggs, where Jed lives, he, we got there and his lawn was long. But it was not the only one in the neighborhood that was long. Everybody's lawn was long. Yeah. I think they just like seeing it grow because yeah. it doesn't grow most of the year. Right. So, yeah, and there was the the flowers were a month behind. He had flowers blooming on the Fourth of July that were gone in our house. Poppies and iris and 
columbine, beautiful flowers that normally don't bloom at all because 